Welcome, everybody, to Not Your Typical Karen. In our first episode, uh, we will be talking about school reopening and COVID. My name is Karen, and my co-host is Will. Let's give him an applause. Hey there. My name is Will. This is Karen said. And, uh, um, you know, one of the things that uh, is going to be kind of interesting for uh, this time of year anyway, it's where I mean, today is what, August 9th, and it's Sunday, tomorrow's Monday. We have a lot of children already going back to school, I believe. Yes. And I mean, uh, I know everybody has a lot of anxiety with that. Yeah, and going into, um, uh, going a little bit more into why we're um, discussing school reopening and COVID um, and school opening just around the corner, you've, everyone's seen it on the news, the anxiety um, of having to go back to school, teachers um, having to balance life, and everyone else, parents, um, parents, teachers, working parents, having mm-hmm. to figure out how to balance um, going back to work or continuing to work, helping out their children mm-hmm. with school, um, you know, doing school remotely and also working from home remotely for right. us. So I think there's, and I felt it myself today when I was putting together my high school boys schedules, because there's a lot of making sure that, you know, you're attending all these Zoom mm-hmm. um, parent, teacher, student meetings. And one of my sons, he's a senior. So there's going to be a lot of meetings with his advisor mm-hmm. And I felt the anxiety. I mean, I felt anxious just going over, oh, my God, you know, I got to make sure I do this. And then, oh, wait, I have a meeting on Tuesday, work meeting. So I think finding the balance um, and making sure that you're not missing out on what's important, I think, which is obviously your family and your kids, but also meeting or fulfilling your obligation as a working parent, Mm -hmm. you know, that that all. Yeah, yeah. To my stress level this morning. So, when, uh, when do your kids start school? Exactly. Um, well, my middle school child starts on the 17th and the high schoolers start on the 24th. But leading up to that, there's they have orientations. We got to sign yeah. up virtual meetings with the advisor um, because he's a senior. And then we got to pick up their books. And then also I have a new staff. I'm welcoming new staff to my team. So uh, there's a lot and also the different in age level or grade level. I think I don't know what grades your children are, um, but I can only imagine that they're younger than my kids, um, I think. So it's a little bit more difficult for them, right? I mean, my my oldest is, he's going to be a junior. And... And uh, my youngest is, <laughs> I should know this, right? <laughs> my youngest is, uh, he's going to be third grade, I think, right? Yeah, he's going to be third grade. Um, but uh, what's interesting is, well, one of the things that are interesting is my, my kids are going are starting school Thursday this week. So, yeah. I mean, you mentioned your kids are going to school or starting next week and the week after that. Right. Uh, and uh, for us, I, I, tomorrow we actually have my high school student we need to go to we need to go on campus in person to do registration and to take pictures <laughs> I, oh, wow. i'm like what is this supposed to be like is it are we taking pictures with masks 
or what is I don't know. I mean, it's not a laughing matter, obviously, but it's just it's kind of awkward because we haven't, you know, we, we're in this in this interesting time of our of everyone's lives where everyone is trying to social distance, and uh, you know, we're also trying to you know, keep everybody safe and um, quarantine ourselves, and and now we have to be in a public environment where. Uh, we're, we don't even know what to expect tomorrow when we go in. Right. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, maybe that will be an interesting um, segue to next week, maybe when, when, when school starts and we, you know, we can talk about it again and, and follow up and see how, how was that first, ex- first day's experience, you know, back on campus with everyone around and, and see how everyone kind of handles that. Right, or how they adapt even, right? Because yeah. It, it is, I mean, it was different in March when the shelter-in-place felt, I mean, first got implemented and pretty much their school year was over, right? Yeah. And for me, my personal experience was that my my middle school child, she struggled a little bit only because, I mean, her age, she's younger and it's a little bit harder not having that structure. And also with the school, um, which I was a little bit unhappy about, and I was a lot vocal when they started sending out the surveys because I felt that they, and I know it's a partnership between parents and <laughs> um, You know, when you, when you talk about surveys, I just, it, it just brings, I don't know, it, it's, it, they, they seem so rushed. Like the surveys that I've I was seeing, I was like they didn't really like go through and and vet it out. Like, are these the right questions to ask? Did you know and those kind of things that? Because when I was trying to go through them myself, just speaking for myself, right? Uh, you know, I I was looking at these questions and going, well, you know, I I have more to say than just a yes or no. There there is a gray area. It's not black and white, right? <laughs> but it seems like the way that they 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 worded these these questions were that they were expecting you to be either you're you're for it or you're against it well no i it's not that easy it really isn't so then i think i'm gathering that um there may have been a a difference in the way that the school districts approached it based on your experience with the surveys because our surveys and i filled out like three surveys right Mm -hmm. one for each child and also um, multiple surveys ever since shelter in place was um, enforced started getting enforced. Did your husband right? also do it? Because <laughs> we kind of tagged, we, we we both filled them out. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. but they gave us they gave us uh, um, they gave us a chance to elaborate or you know, yeah, yeah. A, an other button, right? Not right. just hey, are you for this or for that, right? Because and, and I appreciate that that they are they were sending out multiple surveys versus just one survey because yeah. I think it's important that, you know, it's a collaborative effort, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's both the parents, the school district and the teachers because these are our children. And we also, not only are we um, trying to figure out how to better continue, I guess, the momentum of their learning, um, but also figure out a way to establish a safe learning environment yeah. and uh, with the new normal, right? Right. With the, new um distance learning because i think with the older ones they they adapted 
pretty easily. Um, but my concern was more for the younger one because, like I said, there I didn't see with some of the teachers there was no structure, and mm-hmm. I was very critical in my survey mm-hmm. answers because I strongly felt that well, you know, if a parent is reaching out to you you know, how can I help my child to excel or succeed or even help them um, get a better grade so that they can pass and they can learn. Um, I think the least that they could do is not chastise you or not um, not be condescending when, in their responses or tell you, well, you can only reach out to me on these days. I think they need to be open. Um, and I think they also need to be sensitive um, to the fact that yes, these are parents that are now having to shift their focus on, on being teachers as well. You know, being more mm-hmm. um, involved in the learning of their their children, um, which it should be that way from day one. But yeah, do your yeah. kids go to public schools? Yeah, so my yeah. all my kids go to public school. Um, the the high schoolers is a public charter school, so they're more they're used to it they're used to the rigorous and and crazy schedules and the hella homework that they get and projects yeah. but little one like i said it's it was quite a a struggle i think for her to transition yeah. from having to you know get up in the morning and having that routine already set up that she's known forever since she started school so your so, youngest is is middle school yeah okay. so she was a she was a sixth grader um yeah. and seventh grade so that's my worry about um, maybe some schools, um, totally. Some schools wanting to um, open the schools back up, you know, right. and just have everybody because you don't know who's at risk. You don't know who you're putting at risk because nobody really knows about this COVID no. um, virus. Yeah. We we haven't figured it out. So that's my only worry. Still because- learning. Yeah, it's all touch and go, and, and every, every day it's something new that they're learning about this virus. Right now, do us. you think that? Um, do you think that because our kids go to a public school? I mean, obviously it's going to be different everywhere, but I always I have this feeling that, or this maybe it's a concern that because my kids go to public school, their education is 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 going to is not going to be as uh, especially at, during this time of COVID, it's not going to be as successful as as kids who might be going to a private school or even just more affluent neighborhoods. Right. And um, that's unfair. That's I mean, for sure. I mean, we're we're. I mean, yes, people, us, our kids who go to public schools, we are, in a way, I guess you could say that we are at a disadvantage because. Oh, totally. Our schools have always been Title I schools, middle school, elementary school. They're Title I, so they get extra funding, right? And I feel a little bit, um, like you said, you know, they're at a disadvantage because the more affluent neighborhoods and the more the, the families who have the resources yeah. and are able to um, hire a tutor mm-hmm. or a private teacher, you know, like you heard Raj Makai mention in his show um, a couple of days ago that... In Rajmathai, you mean of NBC News? <laughs> yes, I think Pleasant Hill. And I invited him, mind you, I invited him to speak on our um, our show today, our episode, but I did not get a response. He declined Rajmathai? No, he, he did oh. not respond, so I'm not holding him <laughs> against it. You know, it's okay. He's probably busy. But he 
mentioned that yes, some of the parents in his neighborhood, which I can only assume that he lives in a affluent neighborhood, they were able to hire a teacher, get a group of families, you know, mm-hmm. and um, arrange for a teacher to continue teaching their kids in someone's big backyard. So for us who are not able or do not have, who may not have those resources that they do, what happens to our kids, especially if some of the teachers that, you know, and we've had a lot of kids. So I can tell you from experience that some teachers, um, after a while, I think they get jaded. They are no longer as, um, mm-hmm. the focus is not there or the, the, um, the, the, the quality of, um, these are the teachers, right. Uh, mm-hmm. or it's not there. You, you see the decline in involvement in care, you know, the, the, the effort that they put in. So I, I see the difference. And sometimes it, it, I mean, a lot of times it does disappoint me when I come across a teacher and there was one teacher who just rubbed me the wrong way last year. And I was vocal mm-hmm. about it. And this was the other one, a uh, teacher for middle, one of your kids. Yeah. Middle school teacher. Okay. But I think that's, that's why it does concern me a little bit, you know, and um, that's why I'm curious as to what support the school districts and even the specific or particular school, you know, individual mm-hmm. schools, what resources are they going to be able to afford parents who, you know, to make sure that we are on the same page, we're reinforcing what the children are learning in class, um, especially the little ones, because the older ones, um, they know better. Right. And, and I would like to think so. Although I have a high schooler at home, that <laughs> I might have to beg to differ. <laughs> oh no, uh, of course. You know, I mean, they procrastinate, but then <laughs> I just, I just talked to one of my boys today and I told him, you know, this is your most important year. Your junior colleges are going to be looking at your grades and how you perform this year, oh. especially since COVID yeah. is, you know, happened. So if you're able to persevere and excel this year, even though you're um, basically independently learning, right, per se, right. Um, I mean, that's that's good on your part, right? Because that shows yeah. that you were dedicated and you had the motivation to independently take that initiative and still do well and focus on your learning and, as opposed to, oh, well, it is what it is, you know, we're distance learning nobody cares or whatever mm-hmm. yeah right. so those are some of my concerns um i don't know about you if you want to talk about your concerns because i know um both you and your wife work right right yeah i mean uh, everything you said i mean those are those are part of our concerns and uh, uh we have like i mentioned earlier we have a third grader and when everything all kind of started uh, in March, when everyone went distance learning, it was really tough for for my ch- my kid, my son, who's um, you know he's he was seven at the time, and it was hard to get that structure. It was it was really hard to keep his focus on just learning, yeah. uh, and uh, we we saw that it de- also depended on on who the teacher was. Right. And whether or not that teacher, uh, uh, the teacher that, that he had, I mean, I, she was great as a teacher and she was very loving. But when it came to technology, it was, wasn't her strong point, you know, suit. Okay. So 
it was very difficult for her to adapt to the situation. And so that with that, the kids also suffered. And I felt that uh, it, we had, you know, watching the news, you know, we probably shouldn't be watching the news all the time, but, right. you know, we went out while, while everything was going on, everybody's worse. Were, everybody's eyes were glued to the TVs trying to figure out what was going on. Who's, how's everybody else doing this and all that. And you always hear about, all these other uh, school districts and other areas where they're uh, they have all this technology and they right. they are able to utilize those resources and get a, and efficiently effectively give their kids a better experience. Whereas I felt my son was not getting any of that, and he was just it was almost like his education was was de- declining or degrading if you yeah. will. So uh, it was, it was always a challenge. And, and then on top of that, I, you know, I'm, I work for a, a medical device company. So we, we were considered essential workers. Uh-huh. So I, although I didn't have to show up into the office, I was expected to be on my computer in meetings doing right. work, you right. know, and, and I remember the stress that we had going on going into the the end of the 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 school year last year well that wasn't last year but the school year it was it was just this year right it's so weird but uh going to going towards the end of the the last school year and it was it was just stressful for myself for my kids for my wife who is also she works for a school district you know we were all going through this no one has the answers right no one knows what we should do, and yet, so there, there, there are people out there that that demand so much of, you know, the school system. Well, I, you know, that, I mean, it's just, um, hello, they're in the same boat, water, you know. And right, so I agree with you. Um, I was opposed to children going back to school. I still am, kind of, but I think. Um, and me and my husband had a discussion last night over it, you know, about it, um, special education, who should be able to go back to school? Because I do value, and my mom is a teacher, my brother's a professor, mm-hmm. you know, and I train. So I'm kind of a teacher too at work sometimes when, um, I need to train, but so I understand, I mean, not at the magnitude that they have to put mm-hmm. a lesson plan together and they have 30 students or more you know, um, every single day that they need to help out and make sure that they're excelling and they're learning appropriately, you know, age appropriate um, stuff. And I feel bad because what happens to the special ed students? You know what I'm saying? And I think for people to demand that teachers go back to school for in-class or face-to-face instruction, I I see both sides. I'm not going to say that, no, I don't think, I don't see the value in Mm -hmm certain students and some teachers um you certainly know, a value in in, in in person teaching right because uh, as you know all of us learn different ways you know yeah. some learn visually some learn by touch especially with special um, ed students some are still learning you know their motor skills you know some need speech therapy occupational right. therapy so those were the things are um that was the topic of our conversation last night and my husband and I both agreed, you know, we've gone through this with one of our children, you know, and 
you need that face-to-face instruction. You need to be able to mm-hmm. uh, have that, um, you know, that, that not touch, but, you know, when they're learning their motor skills, they need mm-hmm. to be there one-on-one with their, and, and close contact. So I think I, I get it. I get both sides. Um, and some parents just are not equipped, you know, to be, quote-unquote, the teacher. But at the same time, it's like, well, wait a minute. It should be, you should be the primary um, educator of your child, but I get it mm-hmm. too, right? Because obviously the type of learning that they get from us versus the type of learning or education that they would, our kids would get from the mm-hmm. teacher who is trained, who went to school for this, you know, who is more than, more equipped than we would ever be to teach our kids how to do graphing or I don't know, um, algebra calculus, like, yeah. I get it. I respect both sides. Um, but at the same time, like, let's, let's hold off a minute, you know, let's see where this goes. Let's get through the winter, the cold season, because you definitely don't want to put everyone at risk. And. Right. And and that's, that's kind of why it, I, I do understand both sides, but the, the side of it that, that kind of just boggles my mind is, uh, that whole safety thing. I mean, yeah. do you not believe that there is a chance that we could be exposed, exposing your children or, you know, putting the the teachers at risk? You don't know how, you know, what your kid is going, what your child is going to be exposed to if they go to in-class uh, school. Even, I, I understand, you know, your, your special ed students, do really do need in-person uh, teaching yes. or, you know, but, but the, there is a real challenge there with just the safety side of it. And the question that I have is why can't we wait till it's actually safe to, before we start demanding these of our schools, you know, these right. in-person class for our schools. And it sounds like even, even with, you know, just schools in general for the district that, that, my kids and my wife are part of it sounds like if if in, in class train or in class um, uh, schools or class classroom environments begin they'll start with special ed uh-huh. and that means that means my my wife will be impacted that means I will be impacted that means my kids will be impacted because it's just a domino effect if if she's required to then go to school be on site she's her safety is at risk but right. then now we're also well you know i'm also potentially going to be working from home my kids are potentially going to be distance learning at home and that then means if she's at school you know uh, being required to be in per, at, at school in person then i'll be the the focal teacher for my kids while also trying to juggle my day job. Right. You'll be the primary sub teacher or right. teacher while they're in session. Right. So, and that, that's, yeah. that's just one side of it. And then, you know, the whole safety side. So when my wife comes home, what do we do? Right. You know, I mean, well, now do we all just quarantine ourselves or, you know, how, how do we live that life? Hose her down before she walks through that door. <laughs> that's, yeah. Right. I saw some videos on that. Yeah. 
I mean, you're right. There are a lot of what ifs, you know, and why this and why not. But I think some parents just need to, like you said a while back, it's people need to start asking the right questions instead of just, you know, well, uh, I can't do this because I can't juggle work and I can't, I don't know what I'm doing or I cannot support it or we don't have um, the resources to um, support my child learning from home. We don't have whatever it may be, whatever the reason may be why they can't do it. Um, what is the solution? That, that's why I right. think it's important that the schools continue to communicate with parents. And I'm glad that our school districts both are following the instructions and the um, the guidance of the county of, you know, our mm-hmm. um, health department. Um, because I, I am not ready to send my kids to school, you know, for in class or face to face instruction. Neither am I. I'm not ready to go back to school to back to work myself. <laughs> yeah, and and I feel fortunate that um, because I'd already discussed this with my managers, you know, that they are very understanding, and I am in a place where I have a flexible schedule, right? So if they need me, my kids, and I'll always prioritize my kids, and everyone mm-hmm. knows that. I think pull away from work, you know, so Mm -hmm. that that's that's fine. But I think for other parents who have to leave the home, like what happens to their kids? Right. So I think everyone just needs to be a little bit more sensitive when demanding certain things from our school officials and school districts and our government, even because you don't know everyone's situation. You don't know what struggles and what hurdles they're they are challenges they're already facing, mm-hmm. you know? So I think at this time, um, everyone just needs to be a little bit more understanding, compassionate, and and let's just be safe or on the side of caution, you know, instead of... Yeah. Why does it... I mean, what does it hurt to, to, to err on the side of caution? I mean, really, what do you got... What do you have to lose? Exactly. I mean, we're talking about safety, and versus not knowing what what's in store, we don't we really don't know. Um, there is no answer. There's no there's no playbook on this, right? Yeah. Um. And uh, it just seems it seems like in this world world that we live in right now that uh, there are a lot of people that that do not quite understand that. It's frustrating like- to me that uh, I don't I don't understand why. I mean, me, me, and 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 I suppose I suppose it's it's also, um, on on it's based on people's risk tolerance, and I I for one am not a risk taker, <laughs> so yeah. when it when it if you give me a percentage, you know, here's the engineer coming out. If you if you give me a percentage, you know, you have the point zero one percent chance of dying. I'm gonna say there's still a chance. Exactly. <laughs> That's still a chance of me dying. So exactly. I am not don't tell me that there. Is, don't tell me that it's a slim chance. There's still a chance. Right. That there's that's from a movie, by the way. I don't know. If you know that. Uh, no, I don't. I don't get the joke. No, <laughs> but I, I I get it. You know, and it's just it is mind-boggling to me too. But I think at this point, um, everyone just needs to hunker down. It is what it is. Let's see how this plays out. And let's just support each other, I think, the best way that we can. Because what are you going to do? That's why um, 
I mean, as talkative as I am, I think sometimes that comes into, you know, that benefits me in a way because I do reach out a lot. You know, I, I try to network. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't necessarily share the same ideology as I do. <laughs> of or, course not. You know, they don't necessarily agree with my opinion. No. And, you know, and they don't have to, but that's okay because at least sometimes, you know, I know that, hey, this person works here yeah. or this person, you know, is more knowledgeable in this area. I can reach out to that person. You know, it's okay to, uh, what is it? It's okay to agree, disagree. It's okay to, dis- it's okay to disagree it's, uh, or agree yes. to disagree. Yes. You know, and maintain yeah. respect, that mutual respect. Because it's okay. You have, you're entitled to your own opinions and I'm entitled to mine. And that's okay. As long as you're not disrespecting me, then we're good. Right. But <laughs> with yeah. thing, um, it is pretty scary. I'm not ready to risk the lives of my kids and the teachers because I do appreciate a lot of the dedicated teachers we've had some I've kept in touch with one of my son's um, special first teachers when he had um, early intervention um, Mm -hmm. early preschool so you know people just need to maybe better educate themselves and you know appreciate the the Appreciate the information that's mm-hmm. out there. Um, do their own research. You know, don't just listen. Watch or the news. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, don't be brainwashed, you know? <laughs> do your own research. <laughs> or or do some research, at least. Just, right. and, you know, it, sometimes it's it's a matter of just not even, you know, just being ignorant about it. You know? Right. Some people choose to be that way. But, you know, it, it, look at the world around us. I mean, you gotta you gotta pay attention. It affects you. Yeah. You may not think it does, but it does affect you. I mean, what is that that whole thing about six degrees six degrees of separation? I mean, right. we're all connected in some way. So you don't yeah. live in a bubble. I mean, well, <laughs> as a matter of fact, we, we're trying to, but <laughs> I'm trying to stay in a bubble. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could live in a like a plastic bubble, but um, it's one of those. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to like derail the the conversation. <laughs> I'm just thinking about, um, you know, I just said that I don't want to derail the conversation, but I am. <laughs> so, you know, I've always often wondered, you know, what if, because a lot of where you live ha- has, when you're looking for a home, you look for the school district, right? Right. So you wanna you wanna live in a good school district. So you know that was one of the challenges where we both live in the Bay Area. We know how how expensive this mm-hmm. place is. So yeah. you know, just even trying to afford a home is just well, I can't afford a home in a good school district, so <laughs> I don't have a choice. So, but one of the things that I've always I've often wondered was what if we didn't buy a home we just rented a nice home or an even not even a nice home but an apartment in an affluent neighborhood would that be the answer to my kids education (laughs) well see i'm a renter we're renters and i didn't realize that until we started um the kids started getting older and i started realizing that oh no we're in the wrong district (laughs) I want, I want my child to go to be in this school district. Right. 
right? Because I, I'm trying to make sure that they're prepared, prepared academically yeah. to, um, to move on, you know, especially with one of our, our, our children. I mean, he's, but I don't want to go into it because, um, well, maybe that'll be its whole different episode, its whole episode, mm-hmm. but I didn't come to a realization that where you live mattered, your address mattered mm-hmm. until high school, I think, or until we entered high school because everybody wanted to go to Piedmont High School. Mm-hmm. We couldn't get into it because they're impacted, right? And they weren't honoring um, transfers. So I was fortunate enough that somebody suggested to me, well, what about this charter school? You know, apply anyways. It was right before the deadline and I was lucky enough to be picked on the lottery and having the older child be accepted the following year when the younger one, um, when I applied for him, he was, you know, picked too. So I don't know the sibling thingy, but he was lucky enough to also go to that school. So uh, with the youngest one, there is nobody, no anchor at the charter school that they're attending now because they're four years apart from the the, um, Mm -hmm. middle child. Right. So I don't know what we're going to do with her. But yes, it is important. I think I learned it, you know, later on in life as a renter that your address matters. Uh, I would suggest that you pick an address that belongs to the school district that you want your children to attend. Yeah. Because when it comes down to it, you know, I mean, you're right not to look down on other school districts because I know how hard they work, but it's just who gets the funding and I think I mean let's be honest whoever gets the most funding that's where you'll see the kids thrive Mm -hmm. and grow more and get all because they have all the technology right they have all the resources they have the resources yeah Uh, and they're not constantly asking or depending parents or the PTA to raise funds for this you know we need money for this so um, I mean yeah it is what it is you know that's why I've always felt like I had to volunteer, you know, <laughs> PTA parent. Are you a PTA parent? Yeah, I was a PTA member oh. uh, for a couple of years at the elementary school that my kids just left a couple of years ago. But yeah. I mean, that's what I, it's the fact, it's mm-hmm. the truth, you know, if you. You have to be in a good <laughs> school district. You have to be mm-hmm. uh you have to be a, a parent who's always engaged with your kid's education. Um, that's just the way it is. I mean, that's life. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's one of the things, again, that's why it's so difficult for the, the, those of us that live in the Bay area where uh, you, if you really want to buy a home, then you don't have much of a choice for, right? unless you, you can afford multi-million dollar homes, which a lot of us yeah. can't, even though that's what this, the, that's what the area calls for. Yeah. So I've, I've you know, I, again, like I've often, I've often talked to my wife about this in the past before we bought our home, like, mm-hmm. why don't we just go to Palo Alto or something like that? Just go, I don't, you know, just, just live in a one bedroom. Our kids will be like, living and you know they'll be going to a, a, a public school that is highly rated they'll be exposed to all these potential resources they'll be rubbing shoulders with folks who who we'd never rub shoulders with yeah 
ever, you know, and that's just the, the reality of the situation. But on the flip side, you know, I and and I don't want to discount the, the effort that some of the teachers in um, I don't want to say impoverished, um, no, just... lesser funded um, districts. I, I don't want to discount their efforts because there I have met a lot of, um, you know, devoted teachers um, who have helped my children, you know, grow and progress, yeah. you know, and, and I appreciate that. But I think in reality, if you really want that, if you want to put your, 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 and I guess it also, well, I take that back because it, it all depends on the child too. Like how, how much do you want to excel? How much, how important is it for you to academically um, succeed? You know, so I think um, it has a lot to do with, you know, it starts at home, like yeah, I said. Yeah. It starts at home and also um, the parent-teacher partnership, I think, has a lot to do with how successful a child is, how they grow and thrive academically and socially, because that's why they go to school, right? They learn how to be social. They learn their social skills. They figure out how, who they are in school. And um, part of that is, okay, well, sometimes we don't have a choice, like you said, you know, unless you can afford to purchase a home in a nice or affluent neighborhood so that you could send your kids in a private school, or even if you can afford that too, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't say, it doesn't discount the um, quality of education um, that are given by somebody who attends public school. There's a lot of worry I think in parents, especially now, because I know we all, with everyone being laid off, everyone's worried about their finances, mm-hmm. you know, renters, people who don't own their homes. Um, there's a lot of insecurities right now, feeling of insecurities right now. and But there are a lot of resources too. So um, if you're listening and you need assistance, I know you can always reach out or inquire within your um, local health department, um, health and human services department, or social services in our county, um, in Santa Clara County for assistance. Um, I know the school districts, reach out to your school districts too, to see what resources, what types of resources are available for you um, with regards to like internet connection, mm-hmm. um, books. I know that the, our, both our school districts, the the high school and the middle school and elementary, they have issued um, Chromebooks for the students mm-hmm. for the rest of the year. Like they allowed us to keep the kids um, Chromebooks, even though I don't know why we have laptops at home, but um, the kids wanted Chromebooks too, issued by the school. So well, very- not, right. Not everybody has access to those. So exactly. So I wouldn't feel discouraged. So if you're listening to us, don't feel discouraged. There are ways, there are options, there's help out there. Just reach out. If you live in Santa Clara County, call 211. They will refer you to, it's like a, a referral service, basically, depending on what you're needing at the time, what services you need, they will refer you. Call your local. Say 211. Yeah, 211. Is that a new thing? No, it's it's old. So it's like 311 or 411 uh-huh. or 911. Yeah. But 211 is um, like a referral um mm-hmm. service that you call if you need assistance with rent or whatever type of services you need they refer you or they connect you to um the uh 
like Catholic charities or mm-hmm. uh, Sacred Heart or whoever can help you, um, Salvation Army or even social services, you know, depending on what type of need you're calling them for, mm-hmm. um, they will refer you. So I, I hope that people take advantage yeah. of um, the safety net that's out there for everybody. Um, there's no shame in asking for help, you know. Um, I work for the county, so I see it all the time. You know, there's yeah. no shame for help. Um, and we can add the link below or the uh, contact information in our episode description for those of you who are interested or who are in need of help um, for convenience. Hi there, this is Will, and on behalf of Karen and myself, we thank you for listening to our very first episode of the Not Your Typical Karen podcast. We hope that you continue to be back for more while we discuss different topics week by week, and um, we had a, had fun doing the very first episode, so please, uh, we're, we're very new to this, so please bear with us while we go through uh, this journey. Anyways, once again, thank you for listening. Bye.